Welcome to the show, Brain Health, Unchaining Your Pain. And I am really excited to be joined by the wonderful, powerful, fiery Nina Perez. Welcome to the show, Nina. Thank you so much. I have been looking forward to this since we booked it. So I am ready to go, ready to go. <laughs> me too, me too. I'm super excited to dive into your story. But before we do that, um, let's just introduce Nina for those that don't know, for the listeners. So Nina's a coach, entrepreneur, author, speaker, podcaster, and chef. And she's a podcaster of her show, Straight Talk No Sugar Added, which is really fiery and packs real punch. So make sure you check that one out. She uses all she has been through in her life to encourage and impact lives one at a time. And I'm excited to talk about your life because I think you've got an amazing journey of courage and hope to share with the audience. So um, before too. we start... <laughs> I'd love to know for you, what is it you're really passionate about in your life right now? What really lights you up inside? You know, what's been really lighting me up inside is that I'm finally finding like my groove when it comes to my coaching. I started doing a lot of spiritual coaching many, many years ago, but then I got into uh, more emotional, you know, and mental uh, breaks, you know, breaking that um, chains in your brain. Um, but now I'm really passionate about helping women like I've been I've been doing this a lot and I didn't realize how much I love it is helping women like creating that business that they're envisioning and yeah. actually you know putting it into practice so they can actually see it come to fruition that has been so much fun so that's really what I'm enjoying in life right now and you know I love that because it's so easy for us as women isn't it to kind of put ourselves down and mm -hmm. maybe not think that we're capable based exactly. on our past experiences, maybe people have put us down in our past mm -hmm. and to have the ability to help women step into their authentic self and really leverage the power of, of who they are so that yeah. they can reach that next level in business is just so important in today's world. So it's really important. And it also, you know, it drives me because I'm a person who loves to create. So I'm an entrepreneur as well. And I, I just love doing things like that. But to see women have like these amazing ideas that are inside of them that they just don't know how to birth yet, you know, and so to help them like navigate that and then see them actually doing it and thriving. It's like, ah, so having so much fun doing that. It's really, oh, yeah. really a joy. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. And, and I just before we dive into your journey, what mm -hmm. what for you, based on your life experience, would you say is optimal brain health? And there's no right or wrong answer here. It's it's optimal personal. brain health. You know, I think for me, um, optimal brain health is uh, um, breaking all of those beliefs in my life that really limited me. Um, and so it, it really feels freeing, if that's the right word I can use, when you feel free, when your brain feels free to create without having something constantly self-sabotaging you or pulling you down or telling you you're not good enough. When you can actually start creating and doing things and your brain feels like it's like um, excited to do things instead of fearful of doing things, that to me is like optimum brain health. Yeah. And I love that, you know, not many people talk about breaking free of their limiting beliefs, but we can believe in ourselves or we mm -hmm. can believe that we're not capable. 
-hmm. and having that creating the switch into something that's a positive belief in what we truly yeah. can accomplish rather than something that's going to deplete our energy deplete our, our uh, personal power is so important because the stories that we tell ourselves really shape who mm -hmm. we are and we can be our own worst enemy you know somebody could um cut us once but then we replay it and cut ourselves a, a thousand times yeah death by a thousand cuts right yeah exactly yeah, and, yeah. And I, it starts I, when we're young so you know and you know I, this you're dr ruth <laughs> well i don't think i don't think people take the time to really check in on their beliefs yeah yeah you know and well sometimes really... you don't know you have them no yeah. right that's right, right. because we're yeah. not we're not consciously aware of what we're telling ourselves it's like this right. background opera you know our computer hardware mm -hmm. um has some software that's that's been installed that right. is running in the background and and slowing down our computer which is our brain right. and making things right. go wonky and not work optimally and a lot of that is this the internal self-talk mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and we we don't even you're right. I mean, it just kind of sneaks up on you. You don't even realize it. And you go through this hamster wheel for a while until one day you, for me, it's always starting with self, right? It's literally yeah. pausing and starting with self, like instead of pointing fingers or thinking that someone else had a problem or it's their fault or whatever that thing is that you're telling yourself that you can't do, then you have to realize how much, for me, it's also taking what you have already done. I think many of us, are stopping ourselves because we don't think we can do something because we don't realize how much we've already done. So if you can right. come to this situation that you're at right now in your life and realize all the tools, the knowledge, the grit, the know-how, everything that you have developed throughout all of those obstacles in your past, you will see how much you can actually conquer whatever's in front of you right now. Yeah, right. I, I think that's so true. And I have a, like a saying is that if you struggle to comprehend how far you've got to go, acknowledge how far you've mm -hmm. come, take one step forward and keep going. Right, right. And we, and we sometimes we don't take that time to reflect, do we? And say, right, you know, five years ago I was here and now mm -hmm. I've, you know, moved to, to this space in my life. And it might not be a financial gain, but it might be right. a personal gain. Right. Or, or vice versa. It's acknowledging what the shift has been right. and celebrating it. Right. I mean, we've we've learned so much in our lives already. I mean, even if you just wanted to be you know, silly enough to say you learned how to walk, if you're a person who walks, right? You've learned how to grab things. You've learned how to talk. You, If you're listening to this podcast, you're understanding language. You know what I mean? Like all of these <laughs> things are, right? Like all of these things are actually something you have already conquered. And you might think it's a little thing because you've already conquered it. But in reality, those are big things. And, you know, right. and so if you just took account of that, you would realize how much you actually can do. You can learn new things. I don't care what age you are. You can reprogram your brain. I don't care what age you are. The yeah, you can. Is, yeah, you can. You just have to stop and like actually want to do the work. It is work. After yeah, all. <laughs> absolutely. And I right. think sometimes people think that it's an easy mm -hmm. journey. Mm -hmm. And when they take that first step and it feels a bit hard, they That's kind of... your brain kicks in. Your brain kicks in and says, we don't want to do that. That's uncomfortable. 
right? No, come on. Nina, don't do that. Ew, you know? And it's because we've been telling ourselves that for years. So how is our brain supposed to think differently or give us different advice when we have been feeding it negativity or limiting beliefs or things like that in our life? And then all of a sudden, we, we want to do the work for one day. And the next day, we're supposed to have it all together. And then when we right. don't have it all together, we're disappointed. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I think what's really interesting, you know, from a brain health or a brain evolution perspective is that all the way throughout our early development of our brains, someone is there to support us in our growth, in our learning. They might not provide the right support, but they're, right. But they're there as right. a handrail to grab onto. But at some point in adulthood, uh, we don't think we need anybody right. as a handrail, as a guide to help us. We think we can do this all by ourselves often. And, and it's when we think, oh, I can do, I should be able to do this all by myself, you know, and that's an ant right there, the should ant, mm -hmm, the berating mm -hmm. ant, uh, guilt beating ant. Mm -hmm. which is an automatic negative thought is an ant and we've got uh, and some people have massive ant infestations in their head um is that we because we don't ask for help or because we don't reach out for support or look to people that have walked this path before us which is what this show is all about is people have walked all sorts of different paths and some of them have been much really tricky and others mm -hmm. you know all all different but there's similarities to to stories that the listeners will be having personally is right. that you then have something to hold on to a handrail or a guide and somebody to ask okay. for help but we mm -hmm. don't take that time do we sometimes to to reach out and ask do you know what i haven't got this all dialed in i don't mm -hmm. know which way i'm going um like you said in help, helping women business realize their potential Right. Right. Well, a lot of times it's limiting beliefs and thinking that anybody cares or, you know, like, well, they don't really care or, you know, I don't really, I really can't find it. Or I'm going to bother or I'm bothering people. You know, we have all of these limiting beliefs that we put on stuff, you know. So, you know, you always feel like maybe if you tell them that you're a nuisance or that they're going to see you less than or that you you're not going to be credible enough. And all of those are lies. You'd be surprised, Dr. Ruth, is if you just if you reach out to someone and they really do care about you and you're, they're going to be there for you, they're not even going to question that. Right. Wow. But we have all of these stories and narratives that we tell ourselves. So we don't we don't move forward. Yeah. I'd lo I'd love to dive into your story and your narrative sure. that, you, <laughs> that you have from your past and 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 how it's turned you into this, the superpower that you are today. Um, could, could you just take us back back a bit to, to tell us sure. what was the real um start state for you where you realized your you needed to look after your brain health you know so it was um many years ago but you know a little bit of my backstory is you know as a child i was you know i was molested by my stepfather for a couple of years but it didn't even start there dr ruth it kind of started at birth because my father my biological father rejected me you know he wow. had um he was married to another woman and they had enough my mother and him had an affair i was born. And so he didn't want to claim me because then he would lose his family. And so I was rejected right. from birth. Right. And then had a stepfather who I thought was like my father. He was amazing. I thought, and mm -hmm. soon after started molesting me. So uh, from there, you know, I had a, uh, a really horrific domestic violence relationship that almost ended in my murder. I had a child at 15 years old, wow. you know, it's like, I've been through 
a lot of trauma, a lot of like not feeling worthy, a lot of you're not good enough. I have this personality in me though. I have, I, 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 I survive, right? I'm a survivor. Mm -hmm. So I'll put on my boots and I'll just keep on going. And I just keep on going. Although I might've been depressed, had anxiety, had worry all the time. You know, I, I felt like I wasn't good enough. I had a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of that kind of stuff, but I still rose to the top anyway. Cause I just, I'm programmed that way, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you put me somewhere, I'm going to rise, you know, it's just mm -hmm. how I do it. Even if I feel a little bent or broken, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it was time to take care of what was going on inside of me instead of all externally, like externally, you would think, Oh, she got it. She got this. She's good. You know, but internally, I wasn't good. Yeah. Know? And Go I ahead. think that's a really important point because, you know, I just spoke to another guest, Natasha, who's on the show, and she talked about other people see you, that you've got everything dialed in, everything's mm -hmm. nice and rosy. And, and she was a go, go, go. She just had to keep going, keep doing things. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually, that was her escape mechanism. Was that the same for you? Is that the, just the keep going, keep driving oh, yeah. was your escape away from the internal oh, yeah. emotional trauma? And, and Well, it makes you, you feel like you're important. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're important. It makes you feel like you're accomplishing something, you know, so so you don't have to sit with yourself because that's not a good place. You yeah. Know? Uh, because when you have to sit with yourself, you got to like look at your life and and yeah, things might be OK. I mean, they're not great, but they're OK. But inside, you know, you just want to go under a blanket and cover yourself. You know how many times I wanted to ram my car into a tree and just end it? Wow. You know how many times I wanted to just go over a bridge every time I go over the bridge, this high temptation of like ru running my car off a bridge. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it that was real. That was real, yeah. you know, uh, but I had kids and I was, there was no way I was going to leave my kids. That's the only thing that stopped me, Dr. Ruth. Now, I don't know if I would have had them in my life or not, had I not actually done it. I'm going to be honest, you know, mm -hmm. but being that I was a mom, I couldn't leave them and a single yeah. mom at one point, I couldn't leave them, but it was yeah. a real feeling to do that, to just end it, you know, um, and I had to do something about that, Dr. Ruth. You have to do something about that when you are hitting or when you want to hit a wall, you yeah, know, Robin, figure, you know literally, you literally want to hit a wall. Yeah. And figuratively when you hit a wall, like you have to, you have to take notice. You have to go, something's wrong here. And yeah. I need something for me. And what was that real pivot yeah. point there? Cause I had the same, you know, started having yeah. suicidal thoughts for me personally mm -hmm. uh, when I reached uh, shortly after having a miscarriage and being told by the firm, I had no emotional intelligence whilst right. doing, dealing right. with the grief. And it, and it was really, you know, that I, when I started having the suicidal thoughts, I thought this is not right. <laughs> what yeah. was the tipping point for you where you thought, do you know, I need to do something about yeah. this? Well, besides my kids um, having to keep alive for them, that's one thing that prevented it. Another thing for me was my faith. I mm -hmm. found faith. You know, I, I grew up Catholic, but I kind of walked away from that. Um, and yeah. then I tried other types of religions and things. Nothing really worked. And really, my faith, it, I ended up just finding God, to be honest with you. I found God in my life. And it really started to change me. I started to realize how much I am loved how, how right. much I, how much I have been watched over, you know, when my ex, um, the, the one I was in the violent relationship with, he put a gun to my head, Dr. Ruth, and he pulled the trigger. And wow. the only reason I'm sitting here is because the safety got jammed in the gun. 
had that safety not gotten jammed, I would not be sitting here today. Yeah. You know, so someone was looking out for you. Someone was looking after me. Right. And so that changed my whole perspective on, wait a second. You know what I'm saying? If, if God loves me, maybe I need to be exploring that a little bit here. What's going on here? And that's what started to like change me. But then I got really into that and also personal development. Mm -hmm. And all, and as I started reading books and realizing how much the brain has power, how much what you're thinking has power and how much the past has no power. Yeah. You know, and that's when I started to, and so it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a quick switch. It was like a gradual learning and growing, learning. And, and I'm still learning and growing. I'm still mm -hmm. learning and growing, but, um, I'm, but I like where I am today. I wish I had this person 20 years ago, you know, yeah. that's why I do the coaching I do because I feel like the women, I can serve a woman that maybe was me 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. why I do it. I'd love to um, go back if you're willing to, um, yeah. to, to just explore just a little bit. You're, um, adverse childhood experiences from the mm -hmm. in the context of your brain development because mm -hmm. I think that's good we downplay the the impact often that mm -hmm. an adverse childhood experience like you being molested by your stepfather mm -hmm. can have on children because they don't exhibit it mm -hmm. at the time it's occurring necessarily because the because you find a coping mechanism right. to do to deal with it when what was your coping mechanism at the time when yeah. when that was going on because obviously you how how old were you when that happened i was uh, about 6 years old six, wow. i want to say 6 or 7 and it happened yeah. until about 8 or 9 about 2 years yeah um 2 3 years um i, I so yeah so Thank you for even mentioning that because you're right a lot. And I even do that. I even kind of glance over that until I hear a child talk about it. And then I'm like, could you please not ignore this child? Because I felt like an adult in a little person's body. Right. And I knew this was wrong. I knew yeah. it was wrong, even though nobody ever talked to me about it. Nobody ever explained what that was. I knew a hundred percent this was wrong. And so yeah. when he first touched me, it scared me. I was like, what the freak was that? I don't want to play yeah. anymore. I don't want to play anymore. I said, and I, and I just know. Yeah. But when I told my mom and my mom hates to hear this, but it's true. Like when I told her, she said, stop lying, shut up and stop lying. Right. Yeah. That shattered my whole world. I felt completely alone. I felt neglected. I felt unwanted. I felt unloved. And as a child, that is huge to feel mm. that way. Huge. Yeah. Especially because he's my stepfather and my mother had two boys by him. So I'm the black sheep. I'm nobody. You right. know, that's how, that's how you feel. That's what you instantly. were telling yourself. Yeah. That's how you feel instantly. Instantly. Yeah. Because yeah. Here he is a and you had the layer sister. before, of course, from rejection as a, right. You know, right. With our, my father. father. Exactly. And so like you have this man who you thought loved you as your father is hurting you. And your mom is not protecting you. And they have their own family, your, their husband and wife and the two little boys. And you are this thing, you know, mm -hmm. like that's how you feel as a little kid. Sugar was my coping mechanism. Food was my coping mechanism. Right. Um, uh, it wasn't really food in abundance because I don't eat heavy, like a lot of things, even as a kid, I didn't, but I do like sugar. I used to take spoonsfuls, like literally a bowl and spoons of sugar, you know, and it was my comfort. It made me feel good. 
Yeah, you know? it would release um, serotonin, which made you feel happy. So yeah, I didn't know what that was. That, that's what it was doing. Medication, but yeah. self medication. <laughs> it, it was medication, right? It was <laughs> self medication, and it was something that stayed with me most of my life. You know, I'm still yeah. as the, at this age, I'm 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 handling it better, but I'm st- I still struggle with it. You know, yeah. And so I know, and as soon as and it's funny, like you're talking about brain development and all that, and even like when I notice that I'm going to about to self-sabotage myself or do something after I've worked out and done, I'm like, what is that? What, what, what are we looking at here? What's this piece? You know? And it's that you don't feel worthy. You don't feel like you're good enough. You don't feel like mm-hmm. you can, or that you deserve to be healthy or that you just, you know? So my coping mechanism was that. And, um, cause I was in fear a lot. I was in, sure. a, I was in abundance of fear all yeah. the time, you know? Yeah. And, and of course you were in that, in the, within the house not right. knowing right. when the next strike was going to happen right it's, it's, and, it's, I mean, there was no escape right no there isn't any way especially when nobody's protecting you right because the exactly. only other person i can look for is my mom i mean she's the elder she's the other uh, adult in the house and so when yeah. she would leave and the door would close behind her when she would go to work I would, it would be like somebody put a cold blanket over my body. It was like everything wow. would drain from me because I didn't know if that was another night that I had to fight. You know, wow. it's just an awful feeling. And yeah. so kids need to be cared for. They shouldn't be ignored when they think things like that. And, you know, and, yeah. and you shouldn't think that they can get over it because kids are resilient. Yeah, they are because they have no choice. But that well, they mean, have to survive. Yeah, exactly. But nobody wants to live in survival mode all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really key here because Charlie Smith, who was earlier on the show, talks about, you know, how his father was very abusive to him. And and externally everything was nice and rosy. He, mm-hmm. his father was you know, a leading member in the community. And uh, but at home it was a completely different story. And actually his escape was education, even though his father was in education, he was a leader in education, but that Mm -hmm. was his ticket out. Right. What was your eventual ticket out of that situation? I think think my, my ticket, well, my mother ended up leaving him when I was around 10 years old. So all of that stopped, you know, all of that with him stopped. Um, But I think what, honestly, and I always say this, I told my son this, I had him at 15 years old. I was a baby having a baby, but he mm-hmm. saved my life. He saved wow. my life because having him, I completely like, I got to go to school. I got to finish high school. I got to get two jobs. I got to take care of my son. And that's all I focused on was him and his yeah. life, you know? And although his father was the one that tried to kill me, I ended up living in a woman's battered, a battered woman's shelter with my son. Um, yeah. But, and you know, but still that made me so, um, uh, I'm just such a go-getter. I just don't let too many things pull me down. And I think it's because of those experiences, right? So yeah. they, they tried to break me for a while. I was a victim. I had a victim mentality. Uh, I was mm-hmm. always like, woe is me type of thing. But mm-hmm. what happened with me, Dr. Ruth, is when I found that faith, I realized I'm not a victim. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I need to really start letting go of this, whatever this victim thing is. And I started working on that. I started working on um, affirmations. I started working yeah. on who I am as a person and all my, I, instead of always focusing on the negatives of my life, I started yeah. focusing on all I did that was good. And what that changed got. a lot of things. Yeah. 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 Wow. And, yeah. and I know you, you really glossed over quickly that <laughs> your husband put a gun to your head and pulled the mm-hmm. trigger. 
uh, and obviously, thankfully, the safety catch got stuck. Yeah. Right. What What was it for you at that point that that happened? That you know, what what was going through your mind at that point? That you know, obviously, you said your son saved your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, what happened that particular day when he did that? All I could, because he said he was going to kill me, then he was going to make sure he killed the baby, then he was going to kill himself. Wow. Um, and all I can think of is I have to save my son. I have to save my son. I have to save mm-hmm. my son. And so I, I sent my son downstairs to my mom's because we were living upstairs in my mom's house. And, and I begged and pleaded for my life, which didn't work because he still put the gun to my head and pulled the trigger. But at that moment, all I could think of is survival, right? So then I just said to him, but I love you. You know, I did all the I love you things and whatever until he calmed down. Once he calmed down, I took the gun away and and, and gave it to the person who actually gave him the gun, which was a friend of ours. I didn't realize uh-huh. that at the time. Can but, I just um, stop you there? I just really yeah. want to stop you because that's a really sure. powerful point that's very right. different for women from a brain health perspective hmm. than it is for men in terms of your response to a, a death oh. situation. So yeah. we have, there's different modes of response when our amygdala is activated, which is our, within our, our fight or flight part of our brain. And one of the elements that we have as women, um, which is talked in Lisa Moscone's book, The XX Brain, it mm. is the tend and befriend survival mechanism, which men don't have, tend to have. And you have just exhibited that in spades is that in order for you to not only survive for yourself, but this tendon per friend is to help survival of the species in wow. that moment is you did exactly that. You you mm-hmm. tended to his needs and you befriended him away in a way that appeased the situation, mm-hmm. calmed it down to the point that you could make it safe. Right. And I don't right. think that we spend much time really thinking about how women have to adapt and have, you know, evolved to adapt in right. in, in de- near death situations. And unfortunately, it was a near death and not a death situation because right. you're telling right. your story it, in order to to support, you know, the next generation, which is a, a, exactly what you did. So just really applaud you for being wow. able to, to do that. Yeah, nobody's ever even told me that before. That's really powerful. Thank you. No, wow, that's you're that's welcome. really powerful because I I never thought about it that way. I just thought I need to survive, right? Yeah. I need my baby to survive, and so if it means that I have to BS this guy so that he cannot kill us, then that's right. what I'm going to do. You know, right. and I and I did. I I made him dinner that night. He slept like a baby, and as soon as he I got up in the morning, I kissed him goodbye. I waited for him to leave, and I took my baby, and I was out. Yeah. You know, and I went to the shelter and I lived there for a year. Yeah. Um, and I but- think that's really powerful that you you're telling this story because some people think, you know, how is it that this woman can stay with this guy, you know, in the mm-hmm. women in, in domestic violence situations? Mm-hmm. And it's because we get stuck yes. to a degree in our response mechanism, which is tend mm-hmm. and befriend. Mm-hmm. Because that's inbuilt within our, you know, evolution. Uh, to make sure that we support the survival of of our species, or you know, the next generation, or, as well so as true. ourselves. So and unfortunately, true. you were able to break that and uh, mm-hmm. and move, and shift into an alternative uh, 
response mechanism because your amygdala was activated, which was flight. Right. <laughs> so so right. you were able to switch. Right. Um, yes. yes. But some people can't switch. They get stuck. It's it's a very fearful situation too, Dr. Yeah. Ruth. Like when the times that I did flee, you know, and um uh it was dangerous. It was very dangerous because Absolutely. he would follow he would follow me and threaten my life. And it was a very dangerous situation. So you always thought, if I can try to not make him angry today, you yeah. know what I mean? Like maybe we'll just survive another day till I figure this out. You yeah. know, I mean that's really what it is. It's survival. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we that's how we're programmed. So mm -hmm. You know, I think you just amazing that you managed to leverage your inherent superpower um, <laughs> to, to get through it. So, so you obviously you went to uh, the shelter with your mm -hmm. with your son, and you were able to to escape. How, how did that? How did the situation evolve for you then? Well, when we went there, I mean, he did find us. He did find us there, but um, I did. I, I, I didn't realize I was befriending him, but I befriended him. I tried to tell him, you know, this is good for both of us, you know, type of thing. He actually eventually started to get over the fact that I had left and he was starting to get over the fact that I'm not with him anymore. He was still a little violent, but not as violent as putting yeah. the gun to my head, you know. Um, and then I lived in a shelter for a year and a half. So as Nina does, I rise to the occasion. I didn't know this about me. I started learning this about me in my like 40s. I'm, I'm going to be 50. But um, even like in the shelter, I started as the victim. And yeah. I quickly, as I was there for the year, ended up ended up becoming a woman's counselor. So I ended up counseling some of the women too, like a peer-to-peer -peer wow. counseling type of thing. Um, because that's just the way my brain works. It's like, I can't yeah. stay stuck here. I, there's so many levels. I need to find out what's going on up there, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's how it's been in most of my careers. That's how it's been in my businesses. That's just how my, my brain operates. Thank God. Thank God. Um, yeah. I, I could definitely be a victim. I can actually sit in my woes. And honestly, people reading my story in my book would probably say, it's okay. She, you, she can do that, you know, but yeah. I just, can't do that I can't you know it's not in me <laughs> and uh and obviously you you know you one of the things that has been your driver because we look at the four quadrants of well-being and you've really dived into two of them so the four is the emotional uh mm -hmm. physical mental and spiritual well-being and and your emotional well-being you know you're in a constant state of threat mm -hmm. so you you you're mechanism for escape was visit physically to to keep yeah. going right <laughs> to right. find a way to keep going and and one of those ways was was tend and befriend mm -hmm. how did you how did you leverage your logical thinking part of your brain which is the mental well-being piece to really help you uh move move to that next transition in your life was that the piece that you used or was it the spiritual element which is which is finding god what was the what was the next transition because obviously your, your big driver your big focus for for moving in life has been you know doing yeah doing the doing yeah. which is which is the second pillar of of brain health the actions but yeah. what other aspects did you tap into to really to kind of like help me move forward, you mean? Yeah. On like a different level. Um, yeah. so yeah, so it was definitely I think logical logical started coming in um 
in my 30s or so. Right. I think I was just tired, Dr. Ruth. I'll be honest with you. I think I was just exhausted. Oh, People that are constantly <laughs> doing burn themselves yeah. out physically yeah, yeah yeah you do and mentally like you're like okay this is not working i'm yeah. exhausted i'm tired um so you start to you start to say okay what is it that i need to do here right so my spiritual part of it came in in about my late 20s early 30 and that mm -hmm. was great i ended up going to school to like lead women and be a spiritual leader and coach and I did that for a year and I loved it. And it was great to wow. pour into other people. Um, but I, that also became exhausting because I have to rise to the top and right. And now I'm leading instead of three women, it's, you know, 15 to 25 women every week. And it's became a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, I realized that there's, I, I'm just, I started to, like I said, take inventory of my life. Mm -hmm. And all I have overcome and all that I have transitioned into and all that I've done and developed all these tools now that I have in my tool belt. And when I started to write my book, which was like in 2018, mm. I realized um, how cathartic it was to go through my story and to realize all that I have accomplished in my life. You know, going back to college at 30 years old, you know, getting my wow. bachelor's degree at 35, you know, it's like that kind of stuff. And I realized, damn, Nina, you're a smart cookie. You're really strong. You're a go-getter. You got this. So now what are we going to do with all of that information? And, um, and that's when I just started keeping developing myself and pouring into women and pouring women is really what I love to pour into. Mm. Uh, and so uh, I just, f I find that uh, I connect better with women and, you know, and I also, a lot of my story is their story. And so we yeah. have that common ground, you know, mm. so that's what it, that's what I think I started using my brain more logically in my thirties when I started to realize that this constant state of stress wasn't working yeah and you know I think people that are those go-getters that use the physical aspect of well-being to escape the emotional trauma that they've mm -hmm. experienced or the or the physical trauma that they've experienced they they often end up in a burnout situation yeah because their body's always on they're always right. going right they never stopping <laughs> and, and right. what they end up doing is wearing out the the HPA axis the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal glands and the, the axis associated with that um which causes high level you know we've got high levels of cortisol running through our system and eventually the body starts to say do you know what this is uh, this is enough mm -hmm. <laughs> and the you know that happened to me yeah, I was just going to say your body breaks down because these last uh what like four or five years I've uh, developed a bunch of autoimmune conditions that are causing me a lot of issues, you know, uh, physical issues. And I mm -hmm. know it's the high sh constant stress level. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I've now started working on that. You know, mm -hmm. I've started really like listing things that I can control things that I cannot control, scratching those things I can't control out because I'm not going to stress them anymore. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I'm also listening to my body better. Like, okay, so is this food good for you? Is this, you know, behavior good for you? Is this work good for you? What are we doing? Yeah. Here? You know, yeah. so you have to self. It always is going to come back to self-reflection. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think that's so important. And sometimes, you know, for people like yourself who are very much go, 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 um, sometimes the go is actually the stop. Yeah, <laughs> it's still an action. 
right right and we have to stop and pause that's an action right. in its own right right and we don't give ourselves that permission to stop and reflect and go do you know mm -hmm. what <laughs> like you said earlier enough's enough mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what this isn't working for me what do I need to do differently right because we're constantly in the cycle well if I just keep going it will be all right if I just keep right. going like a hamster wheel going round and round and you just right you just keep running Right. Or it you jump off right. and jump back on the hamster wheel. You jump off and you jump back on the hamster wheel, you know, because it becomes, it be, now becomes a pattern, right? Now it's a <laughs> habit and a pattern. So it's a habit to be in constant stress. It's a habit to be constantly going. And when, and I used to feel like really weird if I wasn't constantly going, like I would be like, something's wrong, something's wrong, you know, and it wouldn't be nothing wrong. The, what's wrong is that you're resting. Right. <laughs> what's wrong? Yeah. Your body's like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And and I, you know, I always used to be a go, 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 and I had to keep doing everything. And what I would find for myself personally is as soon as I stop, normally it's a holiday, my body would crash. Right. And I'd spend half of my holiday sick. Because <laughs> right. my right. body was like, yay. <laughs> right, right. And then you had to get a holiday from the holiday. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'd like love to go back to your journey you know out of the shelter and the fact that you became a counselor to the to the women within that mm. within the that that particular shelter and how did you transition out of that into the next phase of of your life if you wouldn't mind mind sharing that yeah no I I um ended up married getting married so I ended up leaving the shelter um and renting a room for my aunt and I moved out and, and I met a, a young man and we got married and that was another traumatic experience he wasn't um he wasn't violent at all physically nor would I have tolerated that in my life mm -hmm. anymore um but um he was emotionally uh a, um not an abuser but manipulative Okay. Um, and then, you know, I, we had my son, of course, and then we had another little boy and I was 21 when I married him. And I think I was like 27 or so. And he got up one day and said, um, I need to find myself. And he left us. He left me and the kids and he went with, wow. a, he went off with a teenager with a, with a 17 year old and left our family. Uh, wow. so, just, yeah, like that. just like that, just like that. And I was like, what do you mean you got to be there's a mirror right there look you're found like what are you talking about um and he yeah he left and never came back like he he came back like you know weekend visits with the kids or whatever but he never yeah. came back to the family he he left us he just left wow. us yeah wow. and um so that was another traumatic experience in my life and i got into some different types of religions and all this kind of stuff just trying to find something i was depressed i was anxious i felt ugly. I felt fat. I felt stupid. You know, like I felt all of these things because, you know, he left me for a teen. He left me for a 17 year old. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it, and she was thin and pretty and 17 and who are, you know, I'm here almost 30 and, you know, like all those things. So you started looking through. at all the things you didn't have. Right. <laughs> and all of your failings which has nothing right. to do with you whatsoever right right and, and none of your time looking at what you had right exactly. which was which was freedom from right. somebody that was manipulative yes and I of course in hindsight you see that right but at the time I was super depressed and I oh think yeah women, women beat themselves up a lot especially if you are already at a place where you don't feel worthy and then Absolutely. somebody leaves you or hurts you that way you really don't feel worthy like there has to be something wrong with me you yeah. know 
Um, and so, you know, raising two kids on my own was super tough working 14 hour days while my kids are taking care of themselves, really, you know, um, and then uh, then I finally met the husband I'm with now, which I'm with for 23 years now. Um, and yeah, he was amazing. And he he just supports it. Every, I'm like, babe, I'm going to go build a bridge. OK, babe, I'll support you. He doesn't care what. <laughs> I can do 20 things. He's like, yes, go for it. You know, like because of him, I went back to college because of him. You know, I had somebody to help me with the kids because of wow. him. I started my coaching business because of him. I started my podcast because if when you have support like that, you can do anything. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. It sounds like he's your angel work walking on earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had our times. We had our tough, tough times. It's all in the book, which he won't read because he says, I, <laughs> He said, I, I, I know what I did. I don't want to read about it. Um, but we got through it. You know, we got through it, Dr. Ruth. You know, you 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 need sometimes every coach needs a coach. Every person needs a therapist. I I feel like, you know, um, everybody needs a village. You need people to help you through. Absolutely. You, know? you really do. And I think really we do. Do, we really downplay it to ourselves. We think we mm -hmm. can survive. You know, nobody achieves success by themselves. That's right. That's but it's right. easy to fail by yourself. I'm sure the heck is <laughs> i know that <laughs> so i'd love it love to transition to fun facts okay uh, let's do it <laughs> to let's ask some questions around the five pillars of brain health which is remembered okay. by the mnemonic facts feelings actions connections thoughts and surroundings and i'm just going to dive into a couple of questions okay let's so let's dive into um feelings what's the funniest or most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you Okay, so <laughs> it always brings up this one story. I remember when I was like in high school or something, I think it was high school, and we were hanging out with a bunch of girls, right? And we were talking and laughing, whatever. And I started talking about this guy who was a complete ass, right? Like this guy was such an ass. And we were talking and he's like, oh, he's such a jerk. And I'm going on and on and on. And then finally the girl goes, which guy are you talking about? I'm like, that guy. She goes, oh, really? He's an ass. Yes, he's a jerk. He's a... She goes, that's my brother. I'm like, well, you're... and I was, I was a little bit like, oh shit. But I looked at her and said, well, your brother's an ass. And we just all started laughing. And she's like, you know what? I think you're right. I think he is a little bit of but that was like the funniest and the most embarrassing thing. Like, oh shoot, how am I gonna get myself out of this one? I'm like, screw it. I, Nina always tells the truth, so here you go. <laughs> the truth, know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Exactly. <laughs> we became good friends after that, so I guess it was all right. <laughs> and I know we've talked a lot about actions and the fact that you're such a go-getter and you just keep going, going, going. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to dive into the second pillar, which is actions. Okay. What's the most rewarding or fulfilling thing you've ever done? Mm -hmm. So there's a few because I've had a lot of things in my life. But I think the most rewarding thing I ever done was to become the valedictorian of my college at 33 or 35 years old. Wow. That was really a cool freaking moment. You know, I was an adult. Of course, everybody, <laughs> most of the people around me were like, 2018 right because they're all coming out of you know high school into into college and here i am at 30 something going into college but to become the valedictorian and the the speaker of the entire class was freaking awesome and then to have my kids my babies who are now grown sit there and like be like mom we're so proud of you mom and me giving this amazing speech um i that was like 
that was I was rewarding. I was really proud of that. And I'd love for you to explain a little bit more to the listeners over here in the UK what yeah. a vanad. A valedictorian is, uh, I had a, the highest GPA, so it was like four point something GPA. And wow. I, I was the, so the highest score in, within your class mm-hmm. or across, across yeah. the whole of the, across, of that graduation, graduating yeah. class. Yeah. And I was the, the one, uh, speaker that spoke for the entire body, the entire wow. body of students. Yeah. It's wow. very, very so honored. The, the I was so representative. honored. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Well done. And that's wow. while and that's while going to college and being homeless because I was homeless at the time. Goodness. So I was homeless and everything, but I still went through it every day while homeless, while sleeping on floors and in my car and in my, you know, you know, my friend's and couch. Dealing with children. And yep. And I I I don't know how I did it. I think it's all God, but I did it, and that's my proudest moment. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's such an accomplishment, you You know, particularly, you know, given the circumstances you were in at the time, you know, for so many people around you, um, they would, they would have had a much more stable, shall we say, um, lifestyle that would have, you know, given them the time, but you made the Mm -hmm. time for yourself to to educate yourself. And I think that's an amazing accomplishment. Thank you. Well, after you're told that you'll never go to college, you're just, you know, a Hispanic woman with a 15, yeah, I was 15 when I had them. So you're like, oh, you're just, a, yeah. excuse the word, but this is exactly what I was told. You're just a spick with a kid. You're never going to go anywhere, you wow. know? Um, and I was like, wow. I mean, like that was deep, you know, that was from, from an adult that was from a teacher. And I was like, wow, you know? And um, so I had to do it, Dr. Ruth, because yeah. I had to show my kids, yeah, nah, these people are not going to get the final say I am. No. And I think I love that because, I, I, you know, I've had people also tell me, you know, when I was at university, you're not intelligent enough to do a PhD. Um, you know, you should go and join the military. And it just wow. ignited a fire inside me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, <laughs> me say, too. I'm going to mm-hmm. prove you wrong. Right, <laughs> prove right. You wrong. Exactly. I'm so uh, but not only did. prove them wrong, prove to myself that I'm capable, which was the exactly. m- more important thing. That's so Thank cool. Thank you for sharing. Wow. Yeah. And I just want to dive into one more. Sure. Um, and I'm going to go for thoughts because we started off with mm. beliefs and limiting beliefs. What's yeah. the stupid, what stupid or crazy thought have you often told yourself in the past that isn't true? I can't do it. I mean, that's the one of the thoughts I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Or the other limiting belief, I, I tried. I already tried, but I can't. And I realized that that has held me back so much in my life, just really thinking I can't do something. Mm. I, I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever thought. Yeah. And, I, and so many of us say this to ourselves, don't they? Yeah. I can't. And yeah. my husband actually says, I, <clears throat> I can't means I won't. And I won't, right. I won't means jail. <laughs> right (laughs) because ultimately it's not that you can't it's just you don't you don't you don't want to try again right it's like saying to ourselves and I you know I know I say this to myself too I I tried and you know we easily give up on ourselves but we don't give up on ourselves when we're a child learning to walk we don't just take that first step and say ah yeah I tried right (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. But the limiting beliefs haven't come in yet. So you tr keep trying. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And it's the environment that shapes those limiting beliefs. And, yeah. and for you, your environment, you know, from birth um, right. shaped your your brain and, and the self-taught that that started to form within your brain at a very, very young age. Right. Um, which, which obviously you had to unravel. Yeah. The second part of my life is definitely going to look better than the first. That's for sure. <laughs> So I'd love to dive back into your journey now, um, yeah. back back on the on the road of of discovery, uh, and on uncovering your your superpower. Mm. And and I want to go back to the fact that you know we often we spend a lot of our time focusing on what we can't do, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not enough time celebrating what we can do, and right. celebrating the strengths that we have. Right. Right. And so, I mean, uh, a few years ago, I started to, um, you know, I was getting antsy. I was in the medical field for about 15 years. I was a medical assistant and an ultrasound technician. And I realized there was something in me calling me back to go to school. I always say it, it definitely was God calling me back to go to school. And that's when I went back to school. I became a chef. Wow. Um, and so I became a chef and of course started as a dishwasher. Right. But now I'm a director of culinary operations because I will always rise to the top. That is just, that is just how I work. Right. <laughs> um, and then, um, so, um, so I still do that. Like I still do kids, um, kids videos for cooking and all that kind of stuff. Cause I think kids always, that's a good thing for kids to do is to be creative and to cook and all that. And that's in my heart. So that's definitely something yeah. I do. And, um, and I also have my coaching uh, business. So my coaching business started off with NLP work. So the neuro linguistic yeah. programming was really fun and everything and dealing with that. But what I realized my superpower is, is reaching into these women and pulling out the gift that they have already inside of them. And I've always had that because I did that spiritually as well. And so now seeing that, I think that's my superpower, right? It's just looking mm -hmm. at somebody, seeing what they are gifted really to do and then helping them discover that. And yeah. that has and you've, been- you've shown that in space, haven't you? Because you've, you've yeah. literally done that your whole life is looking inside yourself and going, do you know what? Right. <laughs> I, I can. <laughs> Right. You, it, that's amazing. No one's going to get my way. Like that. Yeah. That's, that's, thank you for saying that. That's really going to stick with me. I never thought about it that way. Cause I'm always thinking externally, right. I'm always thinking right. of, you know, other people, but you're right. Yes. I mean, I'm the one that had to look at me and say, Nina, you can do this. Let's go. Right. You know? Yeah. That's right. good. That's good. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. And <laughs> I think we don't, you know, often what we project, you know, the people that we help is, is a mirror of, ourselves mm. in, in, at some point within our life yeah because sure. we we can relate because they've so got true. a similar story and we know that we can help them because mm -hmm. we've been down the journey ourselves and we know what you know we're the we're the guide or we're the handrail and they still got to walk the path but we right. know we know which way to take them right it's, it's beautiful help, help them lift them up if they fall over Right. You know, right. get back on the wagon again <laughs> I love and it. help them find that power within themselves to just keep going. Right. 
I mean, it's like what you're doing, right? I mean, you've been through a lot of things yourself, right? And so to be able to to sit here and have this conversation with me, we can relate because we've been through some traumas and some things in our life. And it's a beautiful thing when we can do this kind of stuff. Podcasting is fun. Talking to people is fun. Having a coaching practice is fun because if you can see somebody break those chains, which is, I know that's that's what you love to do is unchaining the brain. um, It's beautiful. It's a beautiful gift. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's something that we don't take enough time to do yeah. at a personal level. Yes. Yeah, so you know, true. We bury it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so true. You yeah. know, we sort of like, oh, that, you know, physical pain. Right. We're right. quite good at dealing with. We go, it hurts. <laughs> I will go and get a plaster or I'll go and right. do something to fix it. Sometimes the solution is go and take. Uh, two painkillers, Adderall or whatever whatever it's called in the States, paracetamol and Tylenol. And it doesn't necessarily fix it. It just takes, it numbs it. Right, right. It doesn't remove the source of the pain. But but our body is very good at healing itself. So we might take Tylenol or paracetamol to take away the immediate pain, but actually our body will do the physical healing Mm -hmm. uh, and Mm -hmm. heal the wounds that we see you know, on our body, because it's incredibly powerful and incredibly clever, um, right. far, far more clever than any drug can be. And, but we don't take the time, do we, to really unchain our pain at an emotional level, or right. at a spiritual level, or even at a mental level, right. because we don't physically necessarily feel it until your body starts to say no and break down yeah (laughs) it's also uncomfortable Mm -hmm. it's also uncomfortable right i mean it's an uncomfortable pain because it doesn't just go away tylenol tylenol will take the pain away but when you're looking at your emotional pain there is no tylenol for that no you know so it's not quick and that is hard because most of us want everything quick microwave you know very fast and so it's a difficult process yeah it is difficult we do have um havening which is what i do which we call like the 15 minutes to freedom technique so it can actually be uh, just about as quick as tylenol for certain traumatic experiences but if you have layers of trauma obviously you've got to clear the layers right Mm -hmm. you know if you think of trauma as a tree um this the earlier the root the seed takes root in your life which for you is from birth Mm -hmm. the stronger the roots are the taller the tree is and the harder it is to cut it down Mm -hmm. so we have to take the time to you know get rid of all the branches that have grown from that Mm -hmm. trauma tree um and ultimately try and get back to the root cause that's maybe negative self-talk right. limiting beliefs and things like that uh, and, and cut it down at the at, at its root at its roots. to stop yeah. it from growing again yeah yeah um, so so i'd love to explore for you is how did you what work did you feel was really powerful what was the big needle mover for you in terms of personal development because i know you got you you started nlp that helped you really take back control and and really um, leverage your superpower? 
Yeah. Well, that's really what I did. I did. Uh, I believe in coaching. So I've had coaches, mm -hmm. uh, mentors in my life and uh, books, you know, just reading a lot of really good books that help with the brain. Uh, John Asaroff is the first one that comes to mind because I really like that book. Um, and um, trying to really figure out, you know, what makes me tick, what hurts me. Like when I wrote my book, honestly, Dr. Ruth, that was very cathartic for me because I had to go through each story. I had to re-experience them. And that was a beautiful thing because I was also able to take away its power. And yeah. that's why I can talk about it so freely without breaking down. Right. I used to break down or I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. Yeah. Um, but I realized that um, you know, I did go to therapy, so I've had a lot of therapy in my life and um, I've done a, um, some havening, not a lot, but I did do some. So I introduced it. One of the therapists a couple years ago introduced that to me. Um, and she also introduced a little bit of hypnosis to me and, and yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. So I've worked on it throughout the years. You know, it was a little bit here, a little bit there and really started to develop uh, trying to is trying to be wiser about how I learn things and actually learning them, not just sitting in front of the boob tube, as I call it, and watching Netflix all day. You know, <laughs> I took the time to read a book. I took the time to take a course. I took the time to invest in a coach. I took the time to do that because I was worth it. And for a long time, I didn't want to do that for me. Like if yeah. you told me to go buy something, I'd go buy something. But if you tell yeah. me to invest in me, I'm like, oh, that's a lot of money, you yeah. know? And in the last couple of years, I'm like, no, if I have the finances, if I can do it, I'm going to because yeah. I need to, you know. Yeah, um, I think it's I, really interesting you, know. you bring that point up, actually, because, you know, we can very easily look at a, a new car, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's $40,000 or something and go, do you know what? I want that car. I'm going to take right. out a, a payment plan mm -hmm. uh, and commit myself to payment over 10 years, uh, you know, <laughs> and I'm OK with that. And, right. and people don't even think about it. They just do it right. because it's something right. that gets them from A to B. Right. And, right. and they might, right. might want, you know, a car that's, you know, fancy because it's more comfy to get them from A to B. And, and that's all. But ultimately, it's something that gets them from A to B. Right. Um, right. But with with coaching, you could spend. You, you if you don't invest in coaching, it could take you a really, really long time. Yeah. to get from A to B. And yeah. you might not even get there. <laughs> right. And you might not even get there. That is so true. And, you know? Um, you know, I think people need to look at this a little bit differently. At least that's what I started doing. I started investing in me and I have a couple of coaches and stuff like that, that have really yeah. helped me understand a lot of things that I know I wouldn't have seen on my own. Yeah. You know, and I still have some growing to do. I still have some more coaches I'm looking yeah. at uh, that I want to work with. And I and I will get there. I will get yeah. there. But I, 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 I really do sign on to what you're saying because yeah. it's true. Getting to A to B without a guide, without somebody, is going to yeah. take you a hell of a lot longer. Yeah. It just a is. Absolutely. And also, yeah. it, you, might, you know, with a coach or, a, you know, the right coach or the right counsel, counselor, whoever it happens to be that, it works for you mm -hmm. could not just get you from a to b but get you from a to z mm -hmm. or a to z mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know uh, yeah. in the same time it would have taken you to get from a to b by yourself so true it and we very, talk very about true. you know doing everything by ourselves. it's mm -hmm. easy to fail by ourselves but it to be successful you you need a tribe yeah oh my it gosh, takes a tribe doesn't it it really it does community 
It really does. Yeah. And to be successful, to, to be a good parent, it takes a village to, you know, to uh, work on yourself, to see what your flaws are, takes a village, you know, people just need to invest in themselves. It's you're worth it. You're worth it. You're a hundred percent worth it. Absolutely. And Nina, I'd love, um, because this show is all about brain health and Mm -hmm. unchaining your pain Mm -hmm. in the context of somebody that is experiencing or has experienced domestic violence and is really struggling with this mm-hmm. with the trauma that they've they've had or are having what would your one piece of advice be to somebody who, who's in that situation oh, oh exactly what we were just talking about seek help mm-hmm. 100% seek help you're not going to be able to do that effectively by yourself mm. you need to seek help you need to seek somebody who can be there and guide you through it because it there's a lot that goes with that it's not just the physical pain there's a lot of mental trauma that goes through with that and a lot of self-worth issues a lot of limiting beliefs a lot of it's it causes a lot of issues in your life you know yeah seek help that's what i did i seeked help and and seeked counseling that's what helped me through it yeah yeah and, and thank you for sharing that because i think it's so important that we we kind of believe that we can get through it Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by ourselves and actually um we're just we're in survival yeah and and yeah. by seeking help you 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 shift the situation in your life from survive to thrive exactly i love that yeah and and that's what we want to be doing as as individuals we don't want to be surviving in life we want to be thriving and and realizing our full potential and uh and leveraging our strengths and not letting you know, our limiting beliefs that we may have diminish the strengths that are there inside of us right? Uh, oh. a, a, and preventing them from being released. Right. Right. And, and taking back your power, yeah. take back your power. It's yours. They, they stole it from you. Okay. Take it back. Take it back. You know, take it back. Take it right back. Yeah. Nina, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. How can people get hold of you? <laughs> Well, really, it's easy. So you can go on. Well, my website is being redeveloped. So if you guys go on there and it looks a little bit messy, it's being done. It's straight talk, no sugar added. And you can actually find me on any of the social media platforms on I, with either straight talk, no sugar added or Nina Perez, which is N-E-E-N-A Perez. So, yeah, either way. And your book, Hit Me With Your Best Shot. That's right. <laughs> Hit Me With Your Best Shot. I actually have it right here. How I Overcame Yay! Hard-Hitting Life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very Make proud sure of that you, book. you can go to Nina's website to get hold of that book. I encourage yeah. you to do so. She's she's told an amazing story uh, and loads of great information in there. Nina, thank you so, so much for joining on, on my show. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for sharing your story. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Just remember, everyone, this show is all about brain health, unchaining your pain. You are not stuck with the brain you have. You can make it better. And the show's here to help show you how. To you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, 
then we're ready to see you there.